Joe Doyle of Prospects Live joins the show to talk Mariners offseason, the 2023 MLB draft, and a whole lot more. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Thursday, December 15th, 2022. This is Tidy Gonzalez for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube. Or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description below. I spoke with Joe Doyle of Prospects Live to discuss what the Mariners have done this offseason, what they still need to do before spring training, how we should value their competitive balance round a selection and a whole lot more here's what joe had to say joe doyle is the director for everything mlb draft related over at prospects live and he joins us now on the locked on mariners podcast joe long time no see how you doing man i'm good man it's been a minute since i've been on your show i'm excited to be back yeah it's great to have you really excited about doing this been wanting to get you on the show for a while and then uh, you and i were uh, chatting in the dms like last week a couple weeks ago and i was just like hey come on the show would love to have you so hey, I've been. yeah so uh yeah great to have you on uh let's uh i'm just gonna ask you a general question here to to get the ball uh get the ball rolling here uh what are your thoughts on the mariners offseason thus far and you know where would you like to see them go from here oh man that's a uh that's that's a big question these days uh <laughs> my mm. thoughts on the mariners offseason so i would say that they are a right-handed hitting left fielder away from having a markedly better team than what they had in 2022. Um, so in that regard, I think they have done well. Um, some of the contracts that have been doled out to free agents have been, I think, a surprise to everyone with some of the money that's been uh, thrown out there. Yep. But in, in general, I think um, you know I'm a fan of the Mariners offseason in that they've clearly gotten better. They've addressed some needs. and I listen, we can go back and forth on the sustainability model until the cows come home. But um, altogether, I think Seattle's a better team than they were four months ago. And I, I think that's a positive. And I think also, you know, you look at what the rest of the league is doing, like the American League hasn't gotten better, really. Most of the free agents are signing with National League teams. The National League is just dominating this offseason overall. I put together a spreadsheet the other day, and I'm sure I missed a few deals, but just talking about the F4 2022 F4 retained or added by each league, it was like 71.9 for the National League and like 60.5 for the American League. And most of that is, you know, Judge, right? Judge was 11.4 on his own this past season. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like for me personally, I still see the Mariners where I saw them at the end of, uh, of the playoffs where they were the second best team in the American league. I still think that's the case because it's, that's really like, I mean, one, they've added more certainty in right field with Teoscar Hernandez and they got better at second base and Colton Wong as well, but also just the rest of the American league hasn't really, they haven't either closed the gap or taken that, you know, next step further either. So you know, we'll see what yeah. the uh, the Mariners do from here. So, uh, what would you like to see them do from here, though? Like, what what do they need to add? How do they need to finish this thing off before we get to spring training? Yeah, we'll see if they if they hit on every mark. But um, you know, a Will Myers or an AJ Pollock or something that you can put in left field to platoon off Jared Kelnick. You can't 
you know, responsibly go into the 2023 season and expect Jared Kelnick to play against left-handed pitching. It's just, it won't, it's, it's a white flag in that part of the, in that part of the order. I would like to see them do that. I'd like to see them bring in another established hitter, a thumper, someone that can rotate through the DH position because, um, you know, with Toro gone and some of the different um, pieces like Terenz, uh, no longer on the 40 man roster. I think there's room for a, a DH on the, on the current bench that can be rotated mm-hmm. through. And then I'm always a fan of uh, Jerry and those analysts abilities to find unique arms that provide something a little bit different than, than what the current bullpen construction has. So, uh, you know, going out and acquiring another reliever that can be used in the sixth, seventh inning, uh, I think would really round out the team. So I was going to ask you uh, cake-related questions, but because Mariner's Twitter <laughs> ran that into the ground, I'm I'm not going to even bother you with that. It's it's, it's not you know funny what's funny anymore, about guys. that. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is the like people totally the analogy was totally lost within like a half hour of it actually being out. The entire premise of it was not we should buy a brand new half billion dollar cake. All I was trying to say was let's let's judge the cake when the cake is out of the oven and frosted and ice. Right. Let's just not, you know, there's no reason to freak out right now. So, but yeah, the the analogy was totally lost. Joe Vieira hung the banner and it was over. Yeah, yeah, it was over at that point. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jeff Jeff Passon today or yesterday on Seven Ten Seattle Sports referred to the Mariners fans as as greedy and spoiled. I don't necessarily agree with that. I would just say impatient, which is to your point, right? It's just like, let's just wait till we get to spring training and then let's judge the final product. And, you know, we'll, we'll decide then yeah. and there if the Mariners failed or succeeded in the soft season or just kind of yeah, stayed I, somewhere in between. I would add, I think the Seattle Mariners are probably a better team than how they actually performed in 2022. I mean, you, you look mm-hmm. at the lineup and their, and their struggles to score runs. A lot of that was, was because of the fact that Ty France couldn't stay on the field and, Mitch Handiger missed three months and you know, Tom Murphy went down with injuries and you just go down the line, like Adam Frazier underperformed Eugenio Suarez broke his finger. Um, JP Crawford mm-hmm. regressed Jared Kelnick didn't like they were so injured and so mismatched all year. If you would have told me in February or March that Sam Haggerty was going to, you know, you know, have 350 right. plate appearances or Toro was have 450 plate appearances. I'd be pretty concerned. I, I think if the offense can just stay a little bit more healthy this year, I do think it's truly a 92 to 93 win team. And now it's just a matter of kind of yeah. getting those guys to gel together. So well, well, and I we'll think see. the thing that gets lost on a lot of people too, is that not only have you added Teoscar Hernandez and Colton Wong, but you've also, you're also getting a full season of Luis Castillo. You're getting a full season of George Kirby. You're getting a full mm-hmm. season of post breakout Cal Raleigh and Andres Munoz. So, you know, those things also have to factor in, you know, and, and so the, the Mariners, even if they don't do anything from here on out, I think are clearly a better team than they were, you know, by opening day than they were last opening day. And that's a good thing because then you just build upon that. Uh, but I think that they're even going to get better, right? Like uh, there's no way that they're done at this point. So yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Uh, before we move on to, to draft stuff in the international signing period, because I have a lot that I want to ask you about that. Um, Colby and I have been kicking around the idea about Lance Lynn, uh, the last week or so on the show. 
And overall, I think the White Sox really line up well with the Mariners as a trade partner because not only do they have Lynn, who's making quite a bit of money, is on the last couple of years of their deal, uh, of his deal, and I just I have no idea what the White Sox are really doing right now. Uh, but they also have Lucas Giolito on the final year of his contract. They have all these arms in the bullpen, like Aaron Bummer, and uh, you know they reportedly are looking to uh, get rid of Liam Hendricks' contract. And they have Kendall Graveman and they have Joe Kelly. So what do you think about the White Sox as a trade partner for the Mariners? And specifically, what do you think about the Lance Lynn idea or Lucas Giolito? So I um, I like the idea of both. I, I think I would probably prefer Lance Lynn over Lucas Giolito. I, I'm just not a big fan of rentals. Um, mm-hmm. That being said... I do think that Seattle as an organization is kind of undervalued uh, in terms of the starting rotation. I think they're a lot closer to being a full rotation than a lot of people give them credit for. And that's even if you trade Chris Flex. And I mean, their one through four is the best in the American league from, from my eyes. Um, Marco Gonzalez is a solid number five. And, and beyond that though, behind that uh, Emerson Hancock is, is going to be ready in May. And I, personally, I think Bryce Miller is a top 100 prospect in the game. And I would, frankly, I would expect him to be the first call um, if someone were to get hurt. Mm-hmm. I've compared his stuff to Spencer Strider stuff. I'm not saying that he's going to be Spencer Strider. The slider isn't the same. But um, I would almost, like, if you're going to use those resources on anything, I would rather them use it on an offensive piece or a bullpen piece. Liam Hendricks would be great. Um, but I think Bryce Miller, if you plug Bryce Miller into this rotation uh, and use those resources elsewhere, I don't think the drop off between Bryce Miller and Lance Lynn is honestly going to be that that drastic. Mm. Gotcha. But that's yeah, just that's my two cents. I mean, there's there's yeah. a there's a number of ways to skin a cat. There's a number of ways to spend your money. And if if we are operating under a budget, I would mm. rather spend that money offensively. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, what do you think it would cost to land? Lynn, especially when taking the money into account here um i mean two years of lance lynn even though he was injured last year is is going to be pretty hefty i i'm with you i know where the white Sox go from here i don't know what their plan would be their roster is just it's constructed so poorly man it's so bad yeah and um it's you know aloy jimenez is is porcelain um luis robert is is looking pretty porcelain as well. Um, but if I'm the White Sox, you know, if, if you do believe this is your competitive window, which I think Rick Hahn has to believe this is his competitive window, I don't think you can trade. I don't think you can trade Lance Lynn. You know, mm-hmm. I would probably start with something like Emerson Hancock and, and you know, Jonathan Class A, for example, give them a little bit of athleticism and, an, and another starting pitcher. But that's a tough one. That's a tough one for me. I haven't given the Lance Lynn idea too much thought and, Two years of Lance Lynn is not valueless. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Before we get back into my conversation with Joe, we have a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many. As the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. But nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you'll get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You tow your car. What if you kill someone? Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that's still 
still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. The you know, one of the assets that we've talked about a lot here for the Mariners via trade is that number 30 pick that you confirm they uh, they now have. Um, so now they have basically three first round picks, three top 30 picks. Um, and um, that's the only one that's tradable, however, which, I mean, that can be valuable if you're looking to land someone like Lance Lynn potentially. But how should we value the number 30 pick? What is that actually worth in your mind? How Like, what is that? I don't know. This is probably not a great comp, but like, what would that replace in a trade package? Like, would that replace like a Taylor Dollard in a trade package? You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think you're pretty much spot on. I think it's the equivalent of a top 90 to 150 prospect in the league. Like, mm-hmm. for me, the 30th pick in the draft is is kind of equatable to Bryce Miller. Um that being said, it, it has even inherently a little bit more value than that because it gives the team that's acquiring it the flexibility to use it however they want. It's just not it's not a fixed Bryce Miller. They can make it into whatever they want it to be. So, um, yeah, it's got a ton of value uh, on the trade market. I don't know whether or not, you know, Seattle is in a huge rush to include it in any trades. But um, if they did need to push a trade over the edge and they weren't willing to, you know, part with a with a Cole Young, for example, uh, the 30th pick in the draft certainly kind of holds a similar value. The international signing period is is coming up next month. Um, Felon Salasin is obviously the biggest name uh, that the Mariners are projected to sign. Uh, we've heard about him for a while now. Obviously, uh, his entrance into the organization has been pushed back due to the pandemic and all that and how the international signing uh, period has been pushed back in general uh, to January from July. Um, so can you tell us more about where he is right now? Because I mean, the last time you and I talked, uh, a while ago, uh, this was already pretty much set in stone that he was going to join the organization. Uh, there was talk that, you know, whenever he, you know, officially enters the organization, he's going to be the number one guy, or at least close there in the Mariners organization. Is that still the case or has thing have things changed with him? Uh, what's going on with Felton Celestine? Yeah, so um, I never viewed him as the top prospect in the organization. I I know that the fanfare and pageantry around his name and the money being thrown his way has people automatically flocking to, oh, you know, this is the next Julio. He's going to be right now. I have him slotted him at at number four. I have him behind Cole Young, Bryce Miller, Harry Ford. At the end of the day, you're talking about a 17 year old shortstop that hasn't played yet. And so I kind of want to see what it looks like after he plays um so number four for me right now I, you know he's 6'3 180 185 pounds um a lot of comps to d uh, dd gregorius right now a little bit better defender than dd gregorius was um but yeah i mean i think the interesting thing the thing that i'm watching with felnin is he's actually going to be on the older side for an international prospect entering into an organization mm-hmm. he's going to be like 17 and a half which is pretty mm-hmm. old um, for these international prospects, he turned 17 in September. So I'll be interested to see whether or not if he performs at the DSL level early in the season, 
whether or not they give him a shot to play a little bit of ball in Arizona in like mid July. But yeah, mm-hmm. everything is still scored away. He'll sign on uh, January fourth, I believe it is January uh, January fifteenth. January fifteenth. Gotcha. Uh, anyone else uh, that they're planning on signing that they're expected to sign that we should be keeping an eye on? Yeah, so two right-handed pitchers that I've mm. got right on the fringes of my top 30 prospects already. Jeter Martinez out of Mexico, he's going to get over a million dollars, which is significant. And then Dylan Wilson out of Curacao, another righty. Both of them are 6'3", 6'4", 180 pounds, big yacker breaking balls. Um, both of them have been up to 92, lean, slender bodies, good athletes on the mound. Um, I think those are two guys that are kind of built from the same vein as Juan Pinto, but the righties. I think you could see both of those guys in the top 15 to 20 prospects in the organization after 2023. Ooh, that's nice. That's good to hear. So, um, all right. So going back to the drafts, so that, you know, they have the, uh, the 30th pick, they have the 29th pick, thanks to Julio winning rookie of the year. They also have the 22nd pick, which is just their, their native pick. Um, Three top 30 picks, man. You basically, yeah, uh, I don't, you know, considering that your your first pick is at 22, you don't necessarily control the draft, but you're pretty close to doing that. So how do you expect, and obviously, you know, the draft is still a far ways away. There's still a whole, you know, college season, high school season that still has to be played and all that. But um, how do you expect them or, or how do you foresee them or maybe just how would you prefer them to uh maneuver this whole thing uh in the first round and and what would you like to see them do with that 22nd pick given all the bonus pool money that they now have yeah so uh, you know i think especially on twitter there's been a lot made of seattle um kind of manipulating the draft and floating a player down to 22 because they're going to have all this money i think that's a lot more rare than people think you know the rangers did it this year by floating brock porter down by taking kamar rocker with number the, the number three pick but you know, the Mets had the 11th and the 14th pick. They played at chalk, and I expect the Mariners to do the same. I think they would like more bites at the apple than throwing, you know, a ton of their bonus pool at the 10 or 12th best player, floating him down. Um, so I would I would expect them to go with, if I were a betting man today, a couple of college players and a high school player uh, with those top three picks. It's a really good year for college pitching. It's a really good year for college bats. And with that many, you know, top players there in the top 40 picks or so, I think Seattle would just kind of like to trust their analysts and take three bites at the apple. Um, so, yeah, so you said a couple college guys and a, and a high school guy, because like that's, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Mariners have like they, they went on a long trend of, you know, college arms. Right. And then the last two years, they've bucked that trend with high school guys. So you think it's just going to be a little bit of both. Right. Like it's just it, there's not going to be really a trend or like something that they specify as just, you know, something that they focus on entirely at the uh, top end of the draft. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could tell you that they have a type, but <laughs> ever since yeah. Scott Hunter and Jerry DePoto have entered the picture, you know, they've gone from college hitters to mm-hmm. college pitchers to now high school hitters. I mean, they, I think as an organization, Seattle is generally more risk averse, but then you see them selecting, you know, overpaying high school pitchers in the second round and drafting a high, an undersized high school catcher in the first round in 2021. I think they just kind of trust their eyes and go with who they think is the best player for them on the board. That being said, 
you know, I think the last two years they've made a concerted effort to like refill the bucket, uh, refill the lower levels. That way in 2024, 2025, they've got all this ammunition coming up from that, from that kind of teenage group. That level, especially with Felney and Celestin and, and Wilson and Martinez that I just mentioned, there's a lot of really, really good teenagers in this organization right now. So I think kind of where this organization does lack its depth is at that double A level, college hitters, college pitchers. Uh, and this is as good a year as any to kind of go into that bucket. So that, you know, if if they continue to take the tact of this is where we're light and mm-hmm. we're going to evaluate that type of player, I would expect the college ranks to be kind of an emphasis. More from my conversation with Joe Doyle in just a moment, but real quick, a reminder this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup. We've got it all over at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more bet online is where the game starts so yeah so what's your general feel for this class i mean again you know there's still seasons to be played but uh how how good do you think it is right now and and who are some names that maybe we should keep an eye on for the mariners because i know you've done a a mock draft recently on prospects live so who are you kind of looking at for them yeah it's a like i like i had mentioned it's a really good draft it's 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 good at the top it's deep i mean this this class is Right now, I'd say there's kind of a drop-off after like 45 or 50 names. Um, there's some legitimate guys in this. And there are players in this class that Seattle has had a lot of success with in the past. Like the South Carolina pitcher, Will Sanders, um, 6'6", you know, 205 pounds, long, lean. Um, that's the type of guy that I think Seattle would go after. He's been up to 97 already. He's got a diabolical changeup, and he can really spin a slider, even though it's been inconsistent. That's kind of what they've targeted in the past. But as you go up and down this list, you know, I think I, I think fans will want to hear about college hitters. Uh, there's a shortstop at Stanford named Tommy Troy that I think makes a lot of sense. Uh, there's a, you know, shortstop third baseman at Miami named Johandry Morales that I think makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think for me personally, the value in this class is going to be on the college arm side and if Seattle were to take three college arms or, or two college arms and a college hitter, 22 through 30, they're going to be really good players. Uh, they really are because, um, yeah, I mean, I, let's put it this way. It's the best draft I've seen since 2019. And whoever Seattle selects at 22 probably would have been a top 12 pick the last three seasons. It's that good. Mm. So I'm a I'm a big fan of names, unique names, uh, <laughs> just in baseball. Just love some great baseball names. Uh, Colby and I even made an all time name list on our Patreon show. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, because you've come through this class quite a bit, who are some great names in this class? Because like I I saw one that I really like, Lou James Groover the third. That is a fantastic oh name. That is an amazing name. Do you have any others? Yeah. So the James goes by Gino now. So more Gino, Gino. In, in Seattle <laughs> would, uh, <laughs> would be fitting in 2022. Uh, a little thing about Gino Groover. He went 59 for 99 this fall. He hit 600. 
<laughs> so uh, <laughs> I would not be I would not be against uh, the James Gino Groover. No. So a couple names I really like. Uh, Maui Ahuna is a shortstop at at Tennessee. I, mm. You know the player. I'm there's some swing and miss. Like I'm not a huge. I don't buy into it huge. But um, I mean that's just like living easy. That's just a chill name, Maui Ahuna. I, I could uh, I put that on my all team name. Mm. Um, Johnny Farmello is a high schooler out of Virginia. I mean that just says Disney Channel in the early two. 2000s um i like johnny farmello <laughs> i'm johnny uh, farmello and you're watching johnny Disney farmello. that's right let's <laughs> let's shred uh <laughs> that's a good one um there's a kid by the name of ralphie velasquez i mean ralphie velasquez ralphie. in california um, yeah. that's a good one too so there's some good names in this class do you have anybody else in mind that uh that you kind of sign up for uh, i i haven't I haven't found any I'm to be honest, especially at the top of the draft, it's kind of boring from a name yeah, standpoint. It is. It's pretty, well, there's it's a lot of guys boring. from Texas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like Chase Dollander is a very unique name, but it's also like it's a fifty. It's, <laughs> it's 50. like it's a fifty. It's not, yeah. you know, it's uh, James it's Groover the third the Dollander, or G or sure. even Gino Groover the third is like a sixty five to a seventy, at least. At least. Oh, like yeah. yeah. Um the third. <laughs> The third, the third, that's, and he is, like, that's he, what's, that's what sends it over the top. He would be Gino the third in Seattle right now too. It, it really, there's that's a right. lot of simpatico there. That's right. <laughs> Dude, that's, that's your selling point to him. Like if he's, you know, if you're trying to work him down the board a little bit, maybe at your, where, where's he supposed to go? Uh, right now we've got him in the second round, early second round. All right. So if you're trying to work him down to your second round pick, right. You just say, Hey man. It's pretty good being a Gino here in Seattle. Like, <laughs> yeah. come on, we'll you know we'll we'll throw you a couple of extra thousand bucks here or a hundred thousand bucks here, and uh, let's let's make it happen. Uh, all right, so draft draft develop in Gino. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's the that's the new slogan here in Seattle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let Gino right, cook. Uh, exactly, exactly. So, um, who who uh, who are those bats that you got there in the background, or is that anyone in, in particular? Oh. Or? Just bats. Yeah. So no. So uh, I got a bunch of them. So Benny Montgomery signed a bat for us. Uh, he was a draft pick by the Rockies Love two or three years ago. Wes Kath was a second rounder for the White Sox. Jared Kelnick. Oh, uh, nice. Jordan Jordan Lawler. Love and Jordan then, Lawler. Uh, I haven't hung this one up, but this is uh, Zach Neto from the Angels. Oh, nice. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, was, it's been uh, cool. Was a favorite um, of ours. I love Zach Neto, and he's a good dude. Um, it's been cool getting to know all these players and interviewing them and developing relationships with them over the last four years because they, they just – these high school kids, like, they they, they don't um, – what's how, how would you say it? They don't take anything for granted. Like, they truly appreciate the attention that you're, you're paying to them and, and things like that. So um, it's just been cool kind of making some of those friendships. Henry yeah, Davis signed a ball for us back in the day, so that's cool. sick. Yeah, I've been watching you guys' interviews and stuff for a while uh, with the prospects, and uh, it's great, man. You know, it's great to to see. I mean, because 
you know, the one thing with the MLB draft, right, and I'm sure you know this better than anyone, that it's just it's not like the NFL draft and it's not like the NBA draft and, you know, because those guys end up making an impact right away and therefore, you know, with, with the MLB draft, you know, these, most of these guys that get signed, they don't make an impact for four to five years and a lot of them just don't make an impact at all and therefore the, you know, fans don't have as much interest. But it's good to mm-hmm. see someone kind of put in the face of the names, getting people excited about this stuff giving people reason to be excited about uh, about that stuff it's great what you guys are doing over at prospects live um it's also great to uh to hear you with uh jason h churchill over on uh, the baseball things podcast now uh which is uh which i would wholly recommend to anyone listening right now to subscribe on uh on patreon it's a great show very informative show and you get to listen to joe talk about dalton varsho every single day it's great <laughs> yeah <laughs> For years now. Dalton Varsho has been a talking point for years. Now, he is possibly going to be on the move this offseason. The Astros have apparently checked in. What do you think about the Mariners of Varsho? I feel like I can't give an unbiased answer to that question after all these years. <laughs> I, you know the ironic thing? And I told Jason this on the show the other day. I really liked Dalton Varsho, and I really liked Dalton Varsho in, like, high A before he debuted and everything. And then it just kind of became this, like, running baseball things joke. And so now I I don't have a clear head, but um, I think think he'd be a great player to add to Seattle. I think he fits the team really well, and I think, obviously, this front office has made a point that versatility uh, is valuable to them. I think right now this team needs a right-handed hitter more than they need a left-handed hitter. Um, I could see Teoscar Hernandez being the DH, Varsho being in right field, Kelnick being in left field, Julio in center field. But um, I just think the priority right now has to be a platoon for Kelnick first. And then once we have that, or, or once we're assured that we have that hole filled, then some of the luxuries like Varsho would make sense. Gotcha. All right. Uh, before we hop off of here, anything you want to plug, anything you want to share with the folks, what do you got going on? You know, uh, doing baseball things like once a week has been a lot of fun. Uh, I'll be putting out my top 50 Mariners prospects probably on like January 16th after these guys sign. Um, mm-hmm. So you guys can look forward to that. Um, but no, I mean, I would just say this. I'm never going to tell anyone how to fan, how to root, like how to enjoy Mariners baseball. But at the end of the day, like, my message to, to everyone would just be like, enjoy it. You know, this is a team that you're rooting for. It's a team that is going to be very good in 2023. And even if they don't end up with some of the, you know, nice jewelry and luxuries that uh, a lot of us were expecting going into the off season, it's still a great time to be a Seattle Mariners fan. That's awesome. Great way to put it. Thanks, Joe. Let's do it again sometime. Sounds good, brother. Thank you again to Joe for joining us here on the show. And thank you so much for joining us here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. That's going to do it for our show today. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. And you can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z. And you can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen. Now for your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast featuring the biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts just like us. And with that, have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Peace.